Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Now, if you were listening last week, we were having an, a very pleasant and exciting conversation with Sandra Tanner and her biographer, Ronald Huggins. Dr. Ron Huggins has written the book, Lighthouse, Gerald and Sandra Tanner, Despised and Beloved Critics of Mormonism. Today, we want to talk more specifically to Ron about this book that's going to be available very, very soon. It, it goes into a lot of detail regarding not only Gerald and Sandra's background as very faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but then also how they came to doubt the LDS Church and its history and doctrine, and eventually started their own ministry, the Utah Lighthouse Ministry, and a bookstore that is located on West Temple across from the ballpark. Ron, answer this question for us, because what was it like trying to get the entire story of the Tanners, as diverse as it was in so many ways? Your footnotes are quite incredible, and a lot of the research you did for this book I found to be quite amazing. Well, one thing that was good is that Mormons keep records. You know, they keep letters, they keep diaries, they keep um, everything, and the Tanners were no exception. So very often through writing it, it was... uh, you could have a day-to-day account of with the letters. And then without being here in Utah with the Marriott archive and whatnot, it couldn't have been done. Doing the entire story, of course, I didn't do the entire story, but I was able to follow a thread because basically their story is like a thread. You just pull and pull and pull. And um, it was sort of a dynamic. What would happen is they would have questions they would ask the questions. They would get slapped down for asking the questions, which would make them more determined to find out what the real story was. And then they'd find out the real story and they'd publish it, and that would be viewed as a provocation, which then would bring reaction. And And so it just moved on. There's really a sense of just the divine timing and purpose through the whole thing. It was really quite easy to follow the big outline Filling in the details and the little pieces was, um, was more difficult. Ron, tell us something that surprised you about Gerald Tanner in your research. I think there's a lot of people who may have never met Gerald, and maybe something that you found interesting that you might not have known having met him. Uh, well, you know, the Gerald I knew was this gentle, friendly, seemingly easygoing guy. One of the things that I learned through the process is how how simple in a sense that how focused and in a way uncomplicated Gerald was. Uh, he was uh, times rigid in his approach to things. There was a question whether Gerald had some kind of autism or something that just didn't let him let go of uh, a question. So his simplicity, his righteousness, I mean, I don't think you can describe Gerald as anything but a righteous man, his taking on a hundred, a world vision, Q 
kids. I mean, lots of people take on a World Vision kid or two, but when they get into it, they don't do it as wholehearted. So Gerald had to go visit World Vision headquarters and check them out. And then he's not satisfied with taking on one or two. He's got to take on a hundred, you know. And then the thing with the mission, he was presented with the you know, we need someone to help out at the mission. So, Salt Lake Rescue Mission, you're Salt talking Lake about. Salt Lake Rescue Mission, which becomes basically half his life. He's there five, six days a week, half of the day at the rescue mission for years and years and years. And so his determination, his his simplicity, of his focus, all those things were surprising to me. And one of the things I think most surprising is that he was different than I expected him on on, on several levels which was a little difficult to uh, recreate stories about him because I didn't have direct access. One of the things that you brought out in the book, Ron, that I, I think was very important, and it kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable, but it was the fact that Gerald, when he saw something was wrong, wasn't afraid to talk about it, and it didn't matter who it was. And what I mean by that, the Tanners had some run-ins with some Christians on some things, and you do talk about that. And like I say, it made me feel uncomfortable a little bit because I, I don't normally like talking about brethren publicly in some cases, but I thought these stories had to be told. When Gerald saw, even when Christians were not treating Mormon history properly, he didn't have a problem saying something about it. And I thought that was good because it showed that he was kind of like, well, how would we categorize him? An equal opportunity critic on this? If, <laughs> yes. you, if you did something that wasn't up to par, he would call you on that. And, and I appreciate that because it shows it wasn't just a quote-unquote vendetta against Mormonism. It was his desire to get to the truth and proclaim the truth. And if there was any type of error involved in that, he wanted to root that out. He was very meticulous about that, and I thought you did a good job bringing that out in the book. Yeah, he looked like a man of integrity throughout, and well, I think you, I thought you brought that out well. Well, this is, this is how he's viewed now within the Mormon community, actually, if they would be honest and admit it, because it was undeniable. I had to tell those stories. I'm not that happy about telling stories about brethren either, but without the stories of Gerald's conflict with some of the Christian ministries, you have to counterbalance that against his battles with the church to be a fair depiction. And uh, for me, he was a model of someone who was really committed to the truth, that even if the truth didn't necessarily uh, support his own particular perverted position, he would go with the truth. And of course, when we're talking about the, the Mark Hoffman situation in the 1980s, when he was all of a sudden coming up with a lot of these documents, you would think that a lot of the things that Mark Hoffman was producing and talking about would be something that Gerald could really capitalize on because he also saw problems in Mormon history and some of the things that Hoffman happened to be producing. Now we know, looking back, that he was a fraud. He was probably one of the greatest forgers of our time. But the way you bring it out in the book, Gerald was meticulous. He didn't feel comfortable with some of the things that Mark Hoffman was producing or saying. And he was quite critical of Hoffman in a lot of areas. Well, he, he, he declared him publicly to be fake, I think, months before the LDS Church accepted his documents as true and the writing experts and everything. And uh, one of the things that was interesting there is in order to be that good, there's a saying that experts are God's gift to forgers. 
because they fill in historical gaps and the expert thinks, well, this really is true because this document reveals all this extra knowledge that I have. But Gerald could take it another step and say, what would a forger do if they were trying to fool an expert? And that's where Gerald was taken along by the early uh, forgeries for a little bit. But when the, the salamander letter came along, he said, oh, wait a minute, this is too good. Tell us something about Sandra that surprised you as uh, you wrote this book. And remember, she's sitting right here. So. Yeah, she's sitting right there. So Sandra's a force. Uh, she was more of a force of her own. You know, she very often said, well, Gerald's the real deal here, and I'm just kind of going along. And that's kind of the way she tells the story, like kind of driving her heels. Oh, no, where are we going to go next? Where's Gerald? Is he going to get us into a lawsuit? Are we going to lose the house? You know, But in fact, uh, that did surprise me, this sort of this independent mind. So, for example, when she disagreed with, with Gerald on the, the Hoffman forgery, they did a double editorial where Sandra put forward the um, evidence that she thought was persuasive, and Gerald put forward the evidence against the, the forgery. And that's a thing that comes out. She basically, Sandra was always the public face of the ministry, but she's a better writer than Gerald. She, she has her own mind. She has a very strong concept of what's reasonable and what's not. And so that came out very clearly, especially since Gerald was out of the picture. If you could summarize the legacy of Gerald and Sandra Tanner, how would you do so as their official biographer? Well, a model of faithfulness for apologists, a model of the way to do it and the way not to do it um, in terms of carefulness. In terms of the LDS Church, uh, I, I, like Sandra, I really do believe that the Tanners together are a, a huge piece of where Mormon history has went from closed to open, more open. Uh, so uh, the Gospel Topics essays are a legacy there. The Joseph Smith papers, they probably won't admit it, but those were a legacy too. The health of the internet through the lawsuit, because the church sued them, very, in my view, very frivolously, in a way that could have really done damage to the freedom of speech and to the uh, effectiveness of the internet. So their legacy is very broad, but in terms of just a pattern of, of, of a, a picture of God's faithfulness and providence and care over people who, who put their trust in him, I, for me, that's one of the most prominent uh, legacies, I think. One of the interesting parts of this whole story is, Sandra, how many of your relatives came to faith in Christ. That is part of the story that I really enjoyed the most, because some of them were up in age. I yes. mean, like your your own mother and father. Right, and right. Just very quickly, you have something to say about that. Well, it was a beautiful conclusion of their lives to see them both come to faith in Christ. At uh, the end of life, my dad accepted Christ in a rest home through the ministry of a local pastor. And while he was in a wheelchair and, and uh, having many strokes. And then my mother came to faith in Christ the week before she died through the efforts of my sister and her husband who prayed with her. But 
the fact that my sister had become a Christian is just amazing. I mean, she, after I left Mormonism, uh, when she was in her first marriage to a good Mormon guy, uh, she said to me one day, uh, I mean, she was just so proud of this. She says, Sandra, I just want you to know that I've finally been able at Relief Society to admit that you're my sister. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> And, you know, it's, you look at her and kind of like, uh, thank you, I think. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but my sister came to faith in Christ in midlife. I never saw that coming. It's just been amazing through the years to see aunts, uncles, cousins come to that realization that it was all about Christ, not about church. And we were talking last week, Ron, about how the, the concern that you had about how much of this gospel message was going to actually find its way in the final draft of this book. And after I read it, I knew of your concerns. And after reading it, I thought, well, yeah, you could always say more. But I think there was a lot, or I would say enough, to show the spiritual aspect of this story. And I thought it was done done very well. We're talking to Sandra Tanner and her biographer, Dr. Ron Huggins. Ron has finished up this book, Lighthouse, Gerald and Sandra Tanner, Despised and Beloved Critics of Mormonism. And it should be available very, very soon, but it is going to be out and we would strongly encourage you to get a hold of it. Tomorrow, we're going to wrap up this conversation with Sandra and Ron and the book Lighthouse. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.